0: There are many benefits to being a sole trader, and it's not just in tax terms. In this week's I Hate Numbers podcast, I'm going to outline the benefits of being a sole trader. I'll also comment on the drawbacks to being a sole trader, talk in terms of where the main advantages are, talk about that point when perhaps we should consider being a company, and sharing some tips with you along the way. You're listening to the I Hate Numbers podcast with Mahmood Reza. The I Hate Numbers podcast mission is to help your business survive and thrive by you better understanding and connecting with your numbers. Number loving care is what it's about. Tune in every week. Now here's your host, Mahmood Reza. Hi, folks. Welcome to another weekly episode of i hate numbers this is the podcast that's got a mission to help you make more money in your business to increase the level of financial awareness and literacy that you have to help you win more battles than you lose for what goes on between your ears for you to save tax save time and have the business you aspire to pretty good combo if you ask me now choosing the right business structure is critical for any business any entrepreneur in the united kingdom and around the world. I'm going to be focusing most of my comments onto the United Kingdom, but there are lessons we can take away from this for the rest of the world outside the United Kingdom. Limited companies have that kudos attached to them. I think there's a large amount of snobbery and a large amount of thumbing noses up at sole traders, and I think that's a very old-fashioned and a very arrogant attitude to adopt. Now, limited companies have their advantages, but operating as a sole trader also offers immense benefits as well now one of those advantages is the relative simplicity and flexibility as operating as a sole trader now just as a jargon alert here by the way when we talk about sole trader we're talking about an individual who's classified as the proprietor of that business sole traders can still engage staff take on freelancers and have staff under PAYE But the actual ownership, and I use that in a very loose sense of the word, is down to one individual. Now, the formalities in terms of starting up that business is relatively light touch. You have to complete a form and register with HMRC in the United Kingdom. Unless you are planning to use a name that conflicts with anybody else, there's no legal requirement to register that name. There's no contracts of employment that you have to draw up between yourself and your business. And the admin tasks in terms of filing accounts to company's house and a statutory register are not necessary so the amount of compliance work the amount of regulation that governs sole traders is much less and that's going to be a great thing certainly for a business that is starting on its business journey the ease of setting up the cost of formation are quite negligible and once you've done that a few bits of filling in forms up and away you go so that complex procedures is not going to weigh down heavily You can make your decisions independently. You don't need to consult with other directors or shareholders. You are the boss. You're the one who's going to make that ultimate final decision. So that ease of response, that speed of response to changing conditions is much easier as a result. A second reason for recommending a sole trader structure is the privacy and autonomy that attaches to a sole trader business. Now, if you are a sole trader, the upside is that you have a greater degree of privacy, no one apart from HMRC is entitled to look at your figures, is entitled to look at your accounts. Those aren't disclosed to members of the public. You may have to use them if you're applying for any funds or loans, but in terms of that level of scrutiny, oversight is not required if you're a sole trader. Limited companies, by the way, have to publish their accounts, albeit in a bridge form, they're below a certain size and publish those at company's house so some of that information is in the public domain and in line with sole traders accounts have to be submitted to hmrc as a small heads up by the way if your business is relatively small i below eighty five thousand pounds worth of turnover when it comes to disclosing your expenses you don't actually have to show a breakdown to hmrc One single aggregate figure is sufficient. Again, my personal view would be that I would not advise that. And all clients that we deal with, we tend to break down those figures to effectively resolve any questions that HMRC might subsequently have. But I digress. One other thing to consider for considering a sole trader is relative flexibility. Now, for myself, I've been in business for over 28 years. And when I started my business life, I started as a sole trader I opened up another business that was connected to it that was opened up as a company and I operated the two side by side. A sole trader business suited my purposes both in terms of tax efficiency, both in terms of flexibility, both in terms of the degree of privacy that was attached to it which I wanted at that time and when the time was right I converted that sole trader business into a limited company. So please bear in mind folks you have the ability to start life As a sole trader, you can migrate to becoming a company when the time is right and when circumstances are there. Now, tax is often quoted, by the way, as a reason why people should form companies. Unfortunately, in my time of being a business finance coach and accountant, tax advisor, I've seen many people who incorporate become companies when it's not actually necessary and it's very prohibitive in tax and it's more costly than if they stayed as a sole trader. They will follow a trend, they will listen to Dave Down the Pub, and they will form companies when that isn't actually necessary. In terms of forming a company, the general sweet spot for forming a company is profitability. And when that gets to a certain level, approximately £25,000 a year, that's the time to consider forming a limited company. If you want a more precise answer, folks, by the way, check out the show notes for a link to a calculator resource we have which contrasts and compares the sole trader versus limited company. Let's get back on with the podcast. So certainly in tax terms here, and the reason why that might become a sweet spot figure is because when you're a sole trader, and this is a drawback, the profits that you generate, all of those profits that are considered tax profits by HMRC are subject to tax. And it doesn't matter whether you spend all those profits, whether those profits stay all in the bank account, you will still pay tax when profits are generated. And note the amount of money that you withdraw for yourself to live on, you might call that wages, but in tax terms they're called drawings, do not count as a business cost. As a footnote, the reason for that is a sole trader is not in legal terms classified as an employee. And therefore, any monies you withdraw for yourself is not a tax-deductible expense. Now, one other benefit of a sole trader business is the national insurance burden. Generally speaking, sole traders will be subject to two types of national insurance. And again, check the show notes, by the way, folks, for a previous podcast on national insurance contributions. We have the small amount, currently for 23 24 That's set at £3.15 per week. And that's the one that contributes towards state pension and future benefits that are national insurance linked you have another one called class four but those two together generally speaking are less than if you were paid a salary through a corporate route if you're sitting here listening folks by the way and thinking mamood you're talking tax we'd love to hear more check out some previous podcasts and stay tuned and listened as i talk more about tax in a future podcast episode now it wouldn't be a balanced podcast unless I mention some of the drawbacks to becoming a sole trader. Firstly, you have that idea of unlimited liability. So if you make contracts, if there are any exposures to any legal actions, as a sole trader, even if it's your business name that interacts, you as an individual are personally liable for any misdeeds, any breach of contracts, any debts that accrue, any liabilities that may arise through any misaction on your part. That means any personal assets you possess, such as houses or anything else, are potentially exposed. If you're a corporate, if you're a C company, as they would call it in the States, or a limited company, then it's the company that is that legal entity. And as long as that company is the one that's engaging with the clients, with the suppliers, with third parties, it's that entity that is legally liable. Some people, again, will see sole traders of having limited growth ability, A lot of investors will not invest in sole trader businesses. They prefer to invest in companies. There are practical reasons for that, by the way, because of the shareholding and the ability to acquire shares in an entity. A sole trader business, generally speaking, rightly or wrongly, tends to be less investable in. I'm not sure if that's a term, but it's one that I've just thrown into the mix. Now, in summary, folks, becoming a sole trader in the United Kingdom does offer a wide variety of advantages there are drawbacks to it, obviously, and that's risk, that's obviously tax. When your profits do get to a certain level, I would recommend that you consider, if not embrace, the idea of corporate structures. One other thing I should mention by the and it would only be fair, is tax. And I'm going to talk about this in the following weeks, but tax has more flexibility as a sole trader. So if you anticipate your sole trader business making losses, as it may do in the earlier periods, then you've got much greater capability of loss reliefs and also generating refunds if you are a sole trader. So, for example, if you've had a job before you started sole trader business or you're working part-time and paying tax, but you're also incurring losses in the business setup, the business startup, and in the early stages, those losses can be used against that other income, what we technically call sideways relief, to generate some tax refunds. Losses can be carried back also, and again, subject to what your tax history has been like, that will generate refunds for you as well. You do not get that in a company. So the ability to use those losses, to use them more flexibly, to use them more powerfully, exists if you're a sole trader business. One thing I would summarise here, folks, here, is that you do not choose the company structure first without considering what that future looks like. So you need to have some idea of what your top months two years three years might look like you need to have a plan you need some idea what those numbers will look like and then decide the corporate structure if you're not quite clear unless there's any specific reason not to do so then I would always recommend start off as a sole trader monitor the situation and if you need to change to a company then that is relatively straightforward if you've got access to the right support team folks I hope you found this useful I hope you got some benefit from this podcast. If you do, I'd love to hear your feedback. Give me some comments as well. Share it with those who you feel will benefit from that. If you feel you need some support in this area, then check out the show notes, check out the contact us page, and we'd love to hear from you. Until next week, folks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. We hope you got some value. If you did, then we'd love it if you shared the episode. We look forward to you joining us next week for another I Hate Numbers episode.